0: Hello, welcome back to Planet Writing. I'm Katie Freeze, your host. This is episode seven, and today we'll be talking to Kimberly Brabaker-Bradley. She's written some of my favorite books, but before we get started, I would like to make a special announcement. Next episode will be a very special Young Authors episode. We will hear a short story written and read by a young author of six, and I will be interviewing a previous short story author from my podcast. Anyways, if you would like to write a story to be featured on my podcast, here's a quick prompt. Write a short story using the words Bystander, Destiny, Hammer, Singing, Ash, and Heels. I'll say it again, Bystander, Destiny, Hammer, Singing, Ash, and Heels. Once you have what is an amazing story, go to my website at planetwriting.wordpress.com, click on the submit a story tab, and do just that. So today we have Kimberly Robiger-Bradley. She's an incredible author of middle grades, young adults, and picture books. My personal favorite, The War That Saved My Life, has won numerous awards along with the sequel, The War I Finally Won.
1: So without further ado, let's get started. free from Planet Writing. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Thank you for allowing me to interview you. You have such an amazing history in writing, and I'm so excited.
2: Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. What would you like to know?
1: You mind if we get started? No, that's great. You have such an extensive history in writing. Um, Do you know what your favorite genre to write is? Yeah, I think uh, even though my
2: brand new book that came out is contemporary, uh, historical fiction is is certainly my favorite genre. I like um, telling stories about the past that don't involve the things we read about in textbooks, like battles and wars. I like you know, not necessarily, like The War That Saved My Life, it's it's about the, um, the everyday people that are going through the same war that the soldiers go through. Most of the time you're reading about soldiers.
1: That's so cool. I honestly, I don't like writing historical fiction personally, but that's uh-huh. really cool. That's good, I'm glad. What do you like to write? I like to write fantasy.
2: I'm reading a really good fantasy book right now. It's called The Unwilling. I can't remember who it's by, but I only like really good fantasy. I don't like bad fantasy. Um, And since I start off, my stories start off bad when I'm first writing them, it's it's really hard for me to write fantasy because I get impatient with it a lot faster. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. (laughs) I mean, no matter what, when you start writing a story, there comes a point where it's just not good, and and you just have to keep writing and, and get through that. But... It's easier for me to do in historical fiction. Um,
1: your book, the War that saved my life, it caught my eye because it goes against what we have established. So why did you yeah. use that title? Um,
2: yeah, a lot of people go into the titles. But the uh, the whole the whole com- company and marketing and things will help come up with the title. I don't I don't come with, up with them usually by myself. For some reason, I'm not. Really, very good at titles. So, um, I, it wasn't my idea in the first place, but I liked it right away because I did think it was kind of a twist that uh, something that you usually think of as is bad is good. And that was kind of where I got started with it because, uh, you know, the evacuation really happened of all those children, three million children, and for most of them, it really was awful to be away from their parents and sent to live with strangers in the middle of a war. But, I, you know, my thought process all along was, well, what if there was one kid that it was really good for, and, and who would that be? And so like, I liked the title because it reflected that, I thought.
1: If you had... Uh, there are many, many views on this, but what is uh, succe- what does a successful book look like to you?
2: A successful book to me is um one that uh, that kind of makes people feel less alone um I think that you know you you want somebody that you want to have um characters that that people care about and and that are invested in so that they you know have a reason to keep reading so I really think that um if, if when you read it you think wow there's either somebody that's more like me than I thought, or there's a point of view I never Considered kind of either a lot like me or not at all like me, um, those are the things I'm going for. I, mean, I want you to be interested enough to turn the page, but, you know, but mostly I want you to feel not alone
1: by the end of it. That's exactly what you established. Good, good. So your, uh, your books made me cry, but what was the first book that made you cry?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, it would have been when I was... When I was your age. So uh, probably the thing that I remember most is when I was, um, 11 or 12, I read The Diary of Anne Frank, but I didn't know that it was not fiction. I thought that it was a fictional story. I had just come upon it in the library myself. And so I really expected all along that it was going to have a happy ending. Um, and it doesn't. I don't know if you've read The Diary of Anne Frank, um, but it's it's a real diary of a girl who is is in hiding from the Nazis and then you know gets sent to a, a death camp and does die there and I was just absolutely shattered by that mostly but it was really really the expectation that I was going to have a happy ending and not getting one um, it was just awful I mean I was sad about that for days and so um, that's not quite the same as what you mean because you know it's when you're caring so much about somebody that's not real. Um, and that happens to me all the time in, in books. Um, there's a, a book called Sappy the Angel by Hilary McKay. I remember reading to my son when he was maybe 10 years old, and by the end, of, both of us were crying. You know, I'm crying, reading it and he's crying listening to it. And um, and that's um, a lot of books do that to me, but Diarrhea and Frank's the first one I can really remember.
1: The first book that made me cry was. Um Where the Red Fern Grows.
2: Oh yeah, well, that made me cry too. (laughs) I was a little older when I read it. I don't. I really don't like books where you know uh, animals die either. That's that's always just super hard.
1: Yeah, well, Um, I think that one makes everyone cry.
2: I think so too. Yeah, I do. But I mean, I cry at the end of Harry Potter. So.
1: Do you view writing as your full-time career, or would you like it to be?
2: Oh, yeah. No, it is absolutely my full-time job. Um, I probably don't work quite full-time hours, but, um, you know, I have I have 18 published books out now, I've, and the first one came out in, in 1998, so 22 years ago, so um that's it's the you know when my kids were little it was certainly not full time hours because I was running them back and forth to school and and wanted to kind of you know be with them after school and things like that but um, it's absolutely 100% my job I don't have a I don't have a different job and I haven't for a long time mm-hmm. yeah and, and sometimes it helps to think of it as a job as opposed to you know where you feel you know inspired to to sit down and write because there's a lot of days I don't feel particularly inspired but it's my job to sit down and write so I do so um that helps get things done
1: I believe you once considered a career in the medical industry what made you change <laughs> yeah that is still on my <laughs> website I probably should get that off my website at some point because um
2: uh, yeah I went to medical school and um the thing is, is to, to become a doctor, you have to go to medical school, and to get into medical school, there's a lot of preparation ahead of time. You have to take certain classes in college, um, organic chemistry and physics, and a certain number of biology classes and different things. So, it, you have to prepare way in advance. And I had, um, I was a chemistry major in college, and I love chemistry, but I really don't like biology. Um, I didn't like it at any point in college. Uh, and which maybe should have tipped me off that I didn't really love medicine <laughs>
1: um
2: kind of by the time I was realizing I didn't want to be a doctor, I was pretty far down the road toward going to med school, and then I was also engaged to uh my boyfriend, and he was going to be a doctor, and I knew that he would be a doctor, so I decided to to start medical school and see how it would go and The truth is it was completely. Not what I should be doing with my life, and I and I knew it almost immediately. So after six months, or not six months, six weeks, which is hardly any time at all, I um I you know dropped out and um I was a research chemist for several years uh, because at that point nobody was willing to pay me for my writing yet. So I was I was writing at night and on the weekends uh, while well being a chemist because it's an awful lot of some paychecks. So you know. You buy a lot more food when you're getting a paycheck.
1: <laughs> but, um you also uh, write children's books too? What made you decide to do that? To write children's books? The one that's in my life is a child's
2: book. It's it's considered children's books. Yeah. Yeah, anything anything below age eighteen is, is considered children's literature. Oh so um. Yeah. Um and they actually have so even even up to eighteen, even even YA stuff like I mean even like the Hunger Games and all would, would be uh, published by children's literature um, publishers. They're actually different different divisions in the publisher. So even you know I'm part of Penguin Random House, but I'm Dial Books for Young Readers, which is a children's imprint, and they have a dot imprint also, and they have two different staff, and they actually have some different rules about publishing, uh, different agents a lot of the time. So it's uh it's a slightly different you know, they're just they're just kinda two facets of the same thing. Oh. but what I've done has always been in in children's it's never been anything but children's literature. So I have some for a lot younger kids and I have a lot more for older kids. But um you know, yeah, you wouldn't you would call them all children.
1: I was referring to your picture book. Yeah,
2: right. And that's, that's, so the picture books are, um, I mean, some of them are for like preschoolers, but, um, it's the same publishers or the same type of publisher for all the way up to age 18 and then a different one for after that. Uh oh,
1: what made you choose Random House?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> they
1: were willing to
2: pay me money. <laughs> um, it's hard, it's hard to become a published author and so, uh, yeah, really. Um, getting your your foot in the door takes a while, and so um, I did not. Um, I didn't choose them for any particular reason other than that they were willing to to um, you know buy my first novel and and print it. So um, it's, if somebody else had, I would probably be with somebody
1: else the whole time. Did you ever consider self publishing?
2: I did not. Um, Two reasons. One is that, you know, 24 years ago when I was getting started in this, uh, self-publishing didn't exist the way it does now. You had to – the the Internet really wasn't a thing. It didn't – it really didn't exist. And so um, self-publishing was – a lot more labor intensive, it was a lot less easy to do, and so that would be the first reason. But the other reason is that it is almost impossible to make money self-publishing your own books. Um, So if you want it as a job, as opposed to kind of a hobby, then you really need to be uh, traditionally published even still. I mean, the average person that self-publishes makes a couple hundred dollars of their book. And, you know, if you've got one book a year, you can't can't live off a a couple hundred dollars a year. So, um, in general, even now, even though it's a lot easier to self-publish than it used to be, it's not any easier to sell your self-published books. Um, When when I get published by Random House, they send them to, you know, every bookstore. They handle all the distribution. I'm not trying to sell them out of the back of my car. They're just, um, they're selling them for me. You know, there's a sales team and all that. So oh. it's a lot easier. It keeps me from having to do anything but write. <laughs> I don't have to worry about what the cover looks like or, you know, <laughs> the typeface, any of that. I just, I send them the words, they make the books. So it's good.
1: Uh, I believe that most authors have, like, some sort of writing schedule. Do you have one?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I wake up in the morning and I... Sit down in my office and, um, and get to work. And I usually, um, with nothing else going on, um, I'm writing until lunchtime and then after lunch I might write or I might, um, do some research. I might, uh, read some books that are, that I've set aside for specific ideas I have or, um. Oh, yeah, right now I'm working on a couple of biographies, so I've I've got some information about those people that I would sit down and, and read and take notes on and you know send emails. This morning I had a a Zoom meeting with uh, two of my editors about a, a book that we're gonna um, be reprinting and whether we're gonna make some changes to it or not. So you know it's it's um, it's just like anybody else's job, really. It's uh, you know, my office is in my house, but that's true for a lot of people these days.
1: Speaking of which, how has COVID affected your writing? Uh, the only thing that
2: COVID really has done in terms of my writing is uh, make my house a little more hectic because my son, who's an adult, uh, spent six weeks with us. Right when the panda, when when everything was shutting down, and before moving back, and he'll be coming back for another couple of weeks. He's he's working remotely now, and my husband is a physician, and his practice was shut down, so he was home for about eight weeks, and um, it's harder to concentrate for me when there's a lot of people walking in and out of my office. But um, in terms of of you know, people are still buying books right now, and and. COVID, especially children's books, um, kids still need something to do. So uh, all of my editors are working remotely, but they were all in New York already. So I live, I live in Tennessee, so I'm a long way from them. So, you know, like the Zoom meetings have become easier to do because they're doing more of them, but it's kind of always the same for me.
1: That's interesting. I know that COVID yeah. has definitely affected our lives.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if I had kids in elementary school, it would it would have affected them a lot more. My my brother and my sister both have younger children, uh, and their their lives got really thrown for a loop a lot more than mine did.
1: What what authors do you admire?
2: Oh, so many. Um, Hillary McKay and Elizabeth with was. Um, in England and, and are people that I admire an awful lot. There's a writer named Tanya that I think is amazing. Uh, she has a historical fiction called Cropping Ebenezer Creek that I love. Um, Victoria Jameson is somebody uh I like an awful lot. Barbara D, uh she has a new book. I was c- her uh, book. She has a book called Maybe. Maybe he just likes you. That is pretty new. That I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, lots and lots. I mean, I could I could just name people forever, but I we've probably got some good friends. So, um, those are the ones I've been reading most lately that I've enjoyed.
1: That's a very extensive list.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good writing right now.
1: Yeah, I think lot. everybody has more time, so. Um, well, I have enjoyed getting to know you, but I would like to be respectful of your time, so we'll wrap it up. Okay.
2: Thank you very much. I've enjoyed talking to you. And if you can send me a link to the podcast, I'll, I'd uh, love to see it or hear
1: it. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was
0: an amazing interview. If you would like to view more exclusive content, go to my website at planetwriting.wordpress.com. All right. Thanks
1: for listening. See you next time. And keep writing.